Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. We will not gloat today. We will not gloat today. No, 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 no. I want to be no. serious and address these things as serious issues, just like American financing. American financing, right now, you can get a consolidation loan. Uh, you could get a mortgage. You could probably, you know, get somebody on the phone that might gloat today. But that won't be us. Won't be us. And you know what? I doubt it would be American financing, too. They would not be gloating today anyway american financing uh 800-906-2440 americanfinancing.net americanfinancing.net i want you to go there uh today is the big financial day at uh cop what is it Tw- cop 26 um which sounds like a bad tv show but uh, uh over in glasgow uh and uh the financial stuff is coming our way and you need to be prepared so please if you're doing anything financially you want to save money um, or get a loan, consolidation, or financing, AmericanFinancing.net, 800 906 You sick, twisted... You know what? I don't even want to start with that kind of an attitude. I don't want to even... There will be no gloating on today's broadcast. None. None whatsoever. We are... We are here just to tell you the facts and certainly not to gloat over what happened last night. And so it won't happen on this program. No, no, no. I I hear you. You want it. But I am not your trained little monkey that is just going to do another gloat fest. No, it won't happen. We begin in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. So if you've ever had to go through the process of buying or selling a home uh, and your real estate agent, you know, this experience was... You know, about as fun and useful as uh, rolling through a patch of cactus, which, hey, I mean, I know it's probably cacti if you're a snob, but, uh, you know, that's not a lot of fun. You need somebody who is going to actually find the right house for you. They're going to get the right deal for you. It's a real estate agent that you can trust. That's why I call my company realestateagentsitrust.com. Oh, my gosh. The name kind of says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there. Uh, go there now. Realestateagentsitrust.com. No, 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 Sarah. No, stop right now. No, we are not going to gloat, are we, Stu? Of course not. Of course not. That would be. 
It's all, it's all about sportsmanship in a moment Thank like this. Thank you. Thank you. You know, both hey. sides fought a good, good game. battle. Yeah. They both tried their hardest. Yeah. We're not. We're both not. sides should be respected. Right. And at the end of the day, uh-huh. you have to take a step back and say, we need to come together. Right. And someone gloating about a win right, would, would be horrible would be, now would work against that Stu and i have promised that we will not gloat unfortunately pat just walked in oh hey pat and Hello. uh pat has not made the promise you know to not gloat so oh wait oh wait Stop. Start over. Stop just yeah. a second. Stop, I mean, stop. no, he's, you're not going to do it either, huh? No, Are you, gonna... I, you know, I haven't really made that promise, uh, so I could, uh, but I okay. I you just... want to play? You want to play it straight too? We want to? I <laughs> yes. mean, let's let's. Let, I mean, let's let's just let's go over some of this. It looks okay. like looks like Terry McAuliffe. Uh, has lost the state of Virginia. Mm. And uh, so sad. That's oh, wait. So sad. Glenn Young can kick McAuliffe's ass. Glenn Young can kick McAuliffe's ass. It's a signal to President Dementia. It's a sign to bring it All right, all right. We're not going to do that. We're not we're not going not, to do that. Not doing that. No. No, we're not. No. That's no. that's not that's for evil shows. Like, it, like, yeah, Patrick Unleashed. It is. Right? It it's is not appropriate here. Show. Yeah. Wait, you're calling your own show it's evil? evil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, we could look at Winsome Sears, uh, the conservative Republican mm-hmm. who will be Virginia's mm-hmm. next lieutenant governor. White supremacist, I believe. Uh, she, of course, she's a white mm-hmm. supremacist. Also, the first uh, woman of color in the office of in their 400-year history of Virginia. First one. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Didn't huh. know that? No. Yeah. And we and we will not gloat. No. About that. All right. That's That's wrong. That's wrong. It is. So I'm, she, glad, I'm glad you guys aren't doing that today because no, it, no. it shows a certain amount of maturity. Thank you. Well, you we know? have grown as a show. Mm-hmm. We have grown as a mm-hmm. show. So, uh, so we got that going on, and then uh, New, New Jersey, mm. too mm. close to call. Yeah, unfortunately, he's uh, behind now, and it looks like they're uh, stealing the election now. In Jersey. <laughs> is that what happens? <laughs> that really they just decided that's what it looks right, like. They're not so going to well, do that I mean, in Virginia. They're you know, only going to do it in yes, New yes, Jersey today. Yes. We okay. can we can easily, you know. <laughs> okay. Uh, they've. I mean, why they've, would this be on the air today? What? Why would we be listening to this of all things in the world? <laughs> well, I want to give them this? fair shake. I want to. <laughs> All right, would it be better if it was the Soviet national anthem? Honestly, yes. yes. Okay. The Soviet right. anthem is fantastic. It's very stirring. <laughs> it's a it great is. anthem. So mm-hmm. let's go ahead and, uh, you know, give them the credit that credit is due. It's uh, yeah, yeah. It's, well, we don't know. That one's still not over. Yeah, but I mean, it, I will say looks, the outstanding vote is all in blue counties. So it's it, going to be mm-hmm. tough for them. <sighs> it's going to be really close. I mean, Biden won that by 16. Yeah. And yeah. this it's this close here. 
crazy crazy yeah crazy people do not like this administration no and i I think this is a clear signal I, <laughs> think? Yeah, I think it is. New Jersey yeah. almost going red. It's a pretty yeah, clear I think signal. So. Yeah. Wow, I've missed that. I've, <laughs> have you? I have missed that. Huh. I I didn't. No wonder pick you're that not up. gloating. Right. Well, <laughs> well, I did. I have to find this. You ready for this one? I love this account. This is from uh, New York Magazine. Biden's Build Back Better bill, a package of social welfare program and climate investments, has fared little better uh, than uh, his his uh, overall approval rating. Um, They find it 25 percent of Americans believe the legislation would help people like them, while 32 percent plurality uh, say it will hurt them. The remaining respondents say they don't know enough about the top, the president's top priority to have an opinion. So what is what's happening? They say the party has just lost Virginia, uh, a state that went for Biden for 10 points. The question is, the question is, is it Joe Biden's fault? There is another hypothesis that Hmm. Biden's woes derive primarily from media distortions. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. The media is so against the Democrats. (laughs) That's what's happening. Keep you. Yes. Yes, Democrats. That's what it was. It is. The media is so against you. If you just keep doing the things you're doing, this is going to work out for you in the end. Okay. So listen, they're saying that this, this is backed up by two uh, political and economic developments uh, that that make this make sense. Uh, one, by many reasonable metrics, the political and economic situation is fairly good. Yes, right. You should continue right. what it's you're right. doing. Right, right. It's fairly good when you look at that. The media environment. Huh. You ready? Two, the media environment is structurally biased against Democrats. <laughs> due, due to the right wing media's oh strength and the mainstream media's tendency to drive down approval of the in party power. Who mm. wrote that? Uh, some socialist, I'm sure. Oh my I mean, is this crazy? That's uh, unreal. Uh, so they're saying that because people don't know the truth, because <laughs> of the mainstream media, yeah. is being driven by the republicans mm. yeah oh absolutely. i mean can it's you... not that you're totally out of touch with the everyday person no it's that the media isn't on your side exactly. enough exactly that's right. the lesson you, you should you take something? from you, this when you look at Jeez. the ratings of the left on you know msnbc and cnn it is true now that nobody believes them Nobody mm-hmm. believes them. Look how hard they work to say CRT isn't true. That this is all racist nonsense coming from racist parents. Yeah, they claimed it wasn't. It doesn't exist doesn't in Virginia exist. schools at all. Right, mm. right. Look at how mm. they're they're uh, they're claiming that you know the the uh, situation in the country. He's added more jobs than any president ever. Well, yeah, because no one was working when he was elected. <laughs> so right. dumb. No one was working. It's a pandemic, guys. Right. And remember, you guys were telling us none of our businesses could be open. So I don't mm-hmm. think bragging about how many jobs you've added Li- is really much of anything. Listen to this. 
Um, of course, conservative media did not become a cultural force in just the past three months. Mm. So it can't be uniquely responsible for the turn <laughs> in public opinion against Biden. Or at all. What has predictably changed is the mainstream media's posture towards the president. This was most overt in its coverage of Afghanistan withdrawal. When the mainstream media subjected Biden to weeks of relentlessly and, in my (laughs) view, unjustifiably negative coverage. Yes, those poor babies. They did. What what did they do wrong there? What? What? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, Jen Psaki told us. Nothing went wrong. Exactly it was, right. It could not be seen as anything other than a success, <laughs> and yet the media did that. He couldn't have thought, Biden said he couldn't have thought of a way it could have gone any better. It's never gone any better. It's Every never war any better. ends that way. Yes. Yeah. Ever, have you ever seen a yeah. war occur? Yeah. It always ends it's the same way. way. You yeah. leave thousands of your citizens to die in the war zone. And leave them that's billions of dollars in equipment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's, that's what you do. Yes, you Every give time. them all, all, all the fancy equipment, all the stuff that they've been trying to get Do you remember in 1946 with the mm. Nazi resurgence uh, <laughs> oh, in Germany. Yes. It was crazy. They yeah. always came crazy. back in they and took over back. again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, wait. So, <laughs> wait a minute. So, here's MSNBC last night. They had a full meltdown. I want to play this. Uh, and if everyone but, well, Stu and uh, Pat can keep your headphones on, I want everyone else in the audience not to listen for about uh, 20 seconds. And we will double the amount of people that have heard this <laughs> from MSNBC. Here it is. Listen. I think we know the answer to some of this. I watched Glenn Youngkin's interviews on Fox News, and he did nothing that Claire's. He did not. This is the anchor, I mean, by the way. He worshipped at the altar of Donald Trump on Fox News. He flew an insurrection flag at his rallies. He simply didn't. He played dumb about a, 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 a Zoom rally. He did not really put much distance between himself and Donald Trump on the big lie or the deadly insurrection in which police oh, officers were maimed by flagpoles. Keep, so keep keep doing this. I think keep that the, the real this ominous is a winning strategy for you guys. Do it. Is yeah. that critical race theory, mm-hmm. which isn't real. No, not real. Not real. <laughs> the suburbs. Wow. Real. 15 points. Yeah. Yeah. To the Trump insurrection endorsed Republican, what do Democrats do about that? Uh, great question. Great uh, question. And really balanced. Yeah. You know, that's a fascinating one. They wow. should continue down this same road for I, the 2022 can election. Can I tell you something? It's working, guys. It scares me. It scares oh, me. Oh, I mean, yes, it scares me, yeah. too. I mean, I mean I, Democrats might win this, all the races. Oof. Oh, it goes so well for them next year. Yeah. They need this strategy. I, they really I, do. I hope they don't continue to do that. That's exactly what they're going to do. I like that. They, we've don't got... le- they never learn because mm-hmm. they are in a bubble. They live in this place where everyone agrees with them. Every single person agrees with them. And so they don't change. They don't learn. They didn't learn in 2016. They don't learn now. And people are, they, they, I think they actually think that if they say it enough, they'll convince people that it's true. And that was Nicole yeah. Wallace, by the way, who's a former Republican. I'm, that's oh not even gosh. like their Democrat. That's that's wow. their Republican I, saying wow. that. Uh, I'm fascinated, too, uh, by understanding that not only apparently is critical race theory not being taught in school, it now isn't real. 
Like all of these colleges and universities that have departments set up to study it, it's not even real at all. <laughs> what are they doing with their time? I don't. Well, it's not as real as the insurrection flag. Oh yeah, no. Glenn Young can no, fly. You do that. He flies that everywhere he goes. Hang yeah. on, just the a second. I just need to take a break for this. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. President Dementia. What's the last part? <laughs> well, you missed it because we won't be doing that again. No. no. Yeah. Gosh, that would be terrible. This, would be. We're telling you today what not, not to, to do, do in your life. That's we exactly. are gloating here so that you understand that's bad, bad. to do. No. Bad. Don't do that today. Maybe that's what MSNBC is doing. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Go away. No, no. <laughs> Let me tell you about Relief Factor. Imagine waking up in the morning and bouncing out of bed, ready to face the day and anything that the day has to offer. Uh, by the way, I saw the Rolling Stones last night here in Dallas. Uh, really? Yeah, you didn't know they were in town? No. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I wow. wish I would have told you. Yeah, I wish you would have too. <laughs> yeah. I was looking for people to go. No, so really? Rafe actually. Were you dumping yeah, tickets? Dumping tickets. No, mm-hmm. Rafe said to me a few weeks ago, he's like, hey, Dad, the Rolling Stones are coming. And I'm like, the Rolling Stones? You want to see Your the sons? Rolling Stones? My son, 17. Wow. And he said, paint it black. And I'm like, you're a fan of the Rolling Stones? Wow. Uh, And it was a surprisingly young crowd. I mean, I went to ELO, CELO, and it was like, they were good, though. They were great, but it was an older audience. Yeah. This was a shocking young audience. Mm. Shocking. He's, how old do you think he is? What, Mick? Yeah. I think Jagger's 77. 79 79 79 mm. and he sounds exactly Jeez. the same he's wow. i mean he's in incredible shape everybody else is like <laughs> yeah um but uh it's good uh, unbelievable yeah unbelievable uh i need a little relief factor he's probably he was probably with some 20 year old last night <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, relief factor. If your body is experiencing pain, uh, you don't have to live that way. (laughs) Apparently, if you do a lot of drugs in the 60s, you're fine later. Uh, It's relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. It's not a drug. It's uh, it reduces inflammation, hits you in three different ways. Uh, It was developed by doctors. Try it for three weeks. See if it works for you. It's worked for me. I've got my life back. Relieffactor.com, 800-500-8384. Relieffactor.com, 800-500-8384. 10 seconds, station ID. Mm. Wow. (sighs) Well, let's look at the school boards. School boards around the country. Conservatives now have a majority of the Carroll Independent School District in the uh, Dallas suburb of South Lake, where the parents previously led an electoral uh, revolt uh, against racial equity. This one is amazing, too, for another reason, Glenn, because this is this seat was the seat that now turns the school board against the CRT stuff that was being floated there. And 
in the in the meantime, since this revolt happened, NBC News did this big documentary and podcast series about how terribly racist this town is. Of course, it's complete nonsense. You know, they have like a couple of incidents from 10 years ago where like a teenager said a, a racial slur. And that's like their whole case about this well, the, town being racist. It's what they insane. were doing was the teenage girls were singing a rap song. Yeah. The, the yeah. lyrics from a rap song. Yeah. It's completely ridiculous. But the best part about this is NBC has dumped. I don't know how much money in advertising how bad this particular town in Texas is because they're so racisty. And the <laughs> guy to see? Yeah, race they're super racisty. <laughs> the guy who won yeah. yesterday for the school board to turn the school board yes, it. is an NBC sales executive. Oh he God. actually that works so great. for NBC. Wow, that's so great. <laughs> that is so great. Oh. I don't think he works for them now. <laughs> he might not after today. <laughs> uh, three challengers who oppose uh, school COVID masks mandates uh, defeated incumbents in Iowa on the Johnson School Board. Uh, they were backed by 1776 action. They're trying to say here that it's dark money. Candidates who favored a quicker return in person uh, instruction, Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania, the school board elections uh, went towards the Republicans in uh, Douglas County outside of Denver. The conservative vote for kids first, a slate of four candidates leading comfortably yet this morning. Um, and uh, in the Olath, I guess, and Blue Valley uh, in Kansas, it looks like the conservative newcomers that campaign for parent choice and against mask mandates, CRT and against gender issues in schools were uh, were winning last night as well. So that CRT thing, well, now we know it really doesn't exist, at least yeah. in those areas. <laughs> Uh, Minneapolis, the voters there rejected the proposal to replace the police department with something else that, well, I mean, something, mm. it'll be something else. Uh, voters opposed the amendment by a 12 point margin. Remarkable. Because that one, that one early on looked like it might get through and they turned They apparently did not want to defund the police as much as they thought they did. Correct. Correct. Uh, also, <clears throat> Buffalo, New York. This one's amazing. The mayoral candidate and Democratic Socialist India Walton appears to have lost her race uh, with an unusual write-in candidate. Yeah. Uh, a mayor. mayor Bi- the mayor, Bi- yeah. The Byron mayor Brown. lost the primary yeah. and then decided to try to run as an independent, couldn't get on the ballot, then said, all right, I'll run as a write-on, a write-in candidate and beat the Democratic Socialist. One. Wow. As a write-in yeah. candidate. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty remarkable. She was self-avowed socialist. Yeah, Democratic and, socialist. And AOC went up. Uh, all of the big, you know, Chuck Schumer, everybody big was up there campaigning for her and a write-in candidate. A write-in candidate. Wow. One. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, wait until you hear what happened in Seattle. I don't think it was a good night for Democrats and progressives. New. No. Um, all right. Thanksgiving. There is nothing better than being surrounded by family and friends uh, who have made food. I mean, amazing food and desserts. Now, 
if you're somebody who is trying to watch your waistline, because I know I am. I mean, you do not get a body like this uh, just through happenstance. You have to work on it. And that's why I have built bars. One slice of pie, 300 plus calories. Uh, however, Built Bar, which will give you the same kind of satisfaction made with real chocolate, <clears throat> 130 calories with only four grams of sugar and plenty of protein. So replace the coconut cream pie or the uh, the pumpkin pie with a Built Bar. And uh, I mean, you know, you don't have to do it for both holidays, but maybe one holiday would be would be good and wise to stay away from all of that built.com you're gonna love them and they're healthy for you it's built.com use the promo code beck15 and get 15 percent off your order now beck15 at built.com if you want to extend your gloat fest today you gotta listen to the podcast of pat gray unleash is available as well on blaze tv blaze tv.com slash glenn From SelenaZito.com, the one and only Selena Zito. Welcome to the uh, program, Selena. How are you? Good morning, Ben. <laughs> you, uh, looks like you uh, <laughs> called it again. <laughs> well, I think the, the thing is, is if you're trying to understand an election and you're trying to understand a sort of sentiments and how, uh, and how granular um, voting can be impersonal for 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 people is to literally go to them and listen to them, mm-hmm. listen to what they're talking about. They may not always tell you who they're voting for, but they will tell you what issues are important to them. And if you understand human behavior, you can start to understand that when something is changing. So it was a very good night uh, last night for anyone other than progressive socialists. Um, Even in even in San Francisco and Seattle, uh, the socialists did poorly. Uh, And then there were then there were things like the the truck driver who had just had enough in New Jersey spent less than two hundred dollars on his campaign and looks like he just beat the state Senate president, a Democrat. I, know. I mean, that's fantastic. What a great story. His name yeah, is Edward Durr. Yeah, absolutely. Look, if you strike a chord with voters, if you understand what their concerns are, if you are as deeply rooted to the community as they are, you are going to capture their uh, um, their imagination. And people that are successful in governing are people that are aspirational, people who are able to make um, people believe they are part of something bigger than themselves. And that, if you listen to Glenn Youngkin, if you listen to Jason Mayares, and if you listen to the House of Delegate candidates that were conservatives, they all had that message in various different ways. They understood the people and what the people wanted and what the people were longing for. And, and that, is, that is what I wrote about in, in my book, The Great Revolt. I, I looked at these sort of different um, coalition or, or, or different archetypes of voters who really didn't have a lot in common um, except their rootedness to community and their sort of 
um, unhappiness with our cultural curators um, who run our businesses, our sports entities, our institutions, academia, and Hollywood. And, and that, that sense of not being respected by those institutions is what drew them together. That aspiration was incredibly important in this election. And, and I think that the Democrats really failed because they don't know how to run unless Trump is on the ticket. It was never about Donald Trump. Uh, voters, whether you loved him or liked him or hated him, he was, they have moved on. Voters don't act in the way um, of looking through the rearview mirror. They're always forward looking, especially in local elections, because the, the roads, the bridges, the education, taxation, inflation, uh, and economic development are constantly on their minds. And that's sort of what people miss. And I, I want to also point out to your listeners. One of the other, two of the other sort of interesting races for Democrats was the uh, race for mayor of Buffalo. Were you mm -hmm. familiar with that? Yes, uh, yes. And the and the referendum on policing mm -hmm. in in Minneapolis. All these strident uh, or woke sort of um, platforms and and positions failed miserably. Because people want police to protect them. They don't want a socialist to, uh, to uh, run their city because mayors are supposed to be good managers. They're not supposed to be ideologues. And, and, and so, you know, and, and Democrats and the media really failed to grasp um, what voters were so displeased with. And, and they focus too much on Trump and they focus too much on on every time someone said something they didn't like, th that person was a racist. I mean, people just get tired of that. So the is this a rejection? I mean, I, I'm 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 trying to put together all of the the pieces. And I think there's lots of reasons. And you've named most of them. Um but there is a there is this feeling that the left is elitist. They have their own language. And most of the times they're talking, you know, it's Latinx. It's Latinx. Nobody says Latinx except oh, I mean, how do you say that? I didn't even know how you said it. I just looked at it and was like, I don't know what that word is. Yeah, it's Latinx. <laughs> Uh, and, and which I think is so New Jersey. It doesn't it sound like Tony Soprano. Hey, I got a Latinx over here, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, they have their own language. And I think it is off-putting to a lot of people. They, they just feel this elitism coming at, at them. Uh, is, it, is it this plus the agenda that we've seen in Washington you know, plus the economy. What is the what does it say? Let's start here. What does it say about Joe Biden? Anything here? Yes. Here's the if you want one word to describe this election cycle, I would use the word overreach. And, and it is an overreach on policy. It's an overreach on elitism. It's an overreach in believing that you were sent to Washington um, and with a mandate. And you certainly weren't because you barely won. You don't have a majority in the Senate and you barely have a majority in the House. 
Everything is about overreach. Same, and I would add on overreach on COVID, overreach on mandates, yes. overreach on on name everything. Anything. Yeah, it's overreach. That Correct. is the best word. And voters always want to either put a, the brakes on that or correct it. If they're putting the brakes on it, then you will only see it in a handful of elections because Democrats will then get the message. But if they want to correct it, that means you have new people in the conservative coalition. I would argue that is the direction that this is going because of the influx of blue collar uh, voters into the conservative movement. Yes. Um, that aren't just white. They're black. They're Hispanic. They're Asian. I mean, they, they, they lost a in- lot of their black and Hispanic vote in Virginia. I mean, that should be very concerning to the Democrats. But, you know, I have been punishing myself all morning and listening and watching on social media, but also on MSNBC and CNN, watching the reaction and their their belief as to what went wrong. And I'm just I shouldn't be stunned, but I'm stunned that they think that, yeah, they think, well, if only we would have passed it three trillion dollars. I'm like. No, no voter wanted that. Voters wanted a regular sort of in good infrastructure bill that, that, that keeps the roads, roads and bridges um, and creates more broadband. That's what voters want. And also to keep their water clean. They do not want social engineering and, 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 and environmental justice and criminal justice and free everything. Voters never voted for that. Okay, so you're a, you're you're a student of of history enough to be able to, I think, answer this uh, with some backing. Uh, in in 1919, this is the mood. What we're feeling right now, I think, is yeah. the mood that was happening in 1919. Wilson went crazy and overreach yeah. like crazy. But what he did is when people started rejecting him, he said, I got to go out on the road. I've got to. They're just too stupid to get it. I haven't made enough speeches for them to get it. I think that's what they're going to do uh, this time around, which led to 10 years of the Republicans and the progressives being banished until they cloaked themselves again uh, and and shuffled things up. It, are are they going to go stronger? Are they going to cloak themselves? What do you think's coming? They're too arrogant to cloak themselves. Yeah, I think so they too. do not believe that they are at fault for this happening. They do believe the voters are stupid. Uh, the same voters that they praised in 2020 have now become the the the, the voters of stupid, and that's sort of uh, the big um, hurdle that they uh, they have shown no. Um, willingness to try to tackle. So they're just going to double down. They're going to go out and scold voters about not knowing, not understanding, not uh, um, believing that they know better and they're going to fix their lives. People don't want their lives fixed. They want to be able to achieve whatever they want to achieve on their own. They want that sense of earning the next step, earning the next um, um, milestone that they are able to achieve. And even they also want to learn how to fail. You know, that's an innate thing in, in, in the American DNA that the Democrats have been trying to squash for the past 12 years. So here's what's frightening about all of this. 
they become more and more arrogant and they are so self-isolated that they convince each other that they are right and that everybody else is stupid. And this is a group of people where you've got the president saying, my patience is wearing thin. This is a group of people that will begin to really punish, not just scold, but to find ways to really punish people. Yeah, well, in in that effort, they are going to lose constituencies that they never should lose, you know, on paper. Uh, People are not, you know, I I called this cycle way back in January, two days after uh, um, uh, Biden was sworn in and just started eliminating people's jobs on the pipeline. I said, there is going to be a great awakening. Here's what people missed in 2020. While everyone focused on the Democrats' wins, slim as they were, they missed the red wave that had already started down ballot. People just in Pennsylvania alone rejected wokeness in, in, and, De- and Republicans won in state Senate seats in places that sh- have been reliably, reliably Democrat for decades. And no one paid attention to those results. But I understood that this sort of great awakening was already in flux. It was it, it started to sort of poke up during the um, during the first few days after the inauguration. But I will tell you the most pivotal thing that happened um, for Democrats. And, and I don't think people understand this is how uh, is Afghanistan. And we talked about yeah. this yesterday that that changed that everything negligent. That negligence, and that is the key word, that negligence is is what made people stop and say, wait, what? This is not what I bought into. I did want us to be out of Afghanistan. However, I did not want it at the, at the, at the cost of people's lives. I did not want it at the cost of, of our reputation. And, 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 uh, and, and people saw through the lies and are still continuing to yeah. see through the lies on this issue. All right. I've, I've only got 30 seconds. Is the... Are these two bills waiting in Congress? Are they going to be jammed through or do you see the the sane Democrats say, I am no way, no way am I getting on board with that? See, I have always thought that this second bill wasn't going to pass. Um, and I, I still think that it's not going to. I think the infrastructure, the bipartisan infrastructure bill does pass. And I think that's the end of that. Hmm. That is that's huge. That is huge. Uh, Selena, thank you so much for talking to us. You, you can follow her writing. She is really good. She's great with historic perspective as well. If you're not familiar with her, selenazito.com, selenazito.com. Thanks, Selena. That's a that's an amazing thing. I, yeah, honestly, it is. I did not, you know, I, I, I you hope for those things to happen, that bill being stopped. But I mean, at, this is the type of message that needed to be sent for it to happen. All right, uh, let me talk to you about the best in skincare. Thanksgiving and the holiday season are only a few weeks away, and there's still time to look your very best, uh, not to mention, of course, years younger with GenuCell. This Thanksgiving season, you can save up to 60% off on GenuCell's most popular packages at GenuCell.com. Treat yourself to customer favorites, uh, which target things like forehead wrinkles, dark spots, droopy eyelids, that saggy jawline, and even the annoying bags and puffiness you might be uh, dealing with. Uh, you can watch them to disappear right before your eyes with GenuCell's immediate effects. You'll see results in less than 12 hours 
guaranteed, or your money back. So you might not buy this. Hey, I don't know. I don't believe those crazy claims. Well, you can get your money back if you don't. Uh, if it doesn't happen for you, and uh, that's how much they stand behind their product. Uh, you can get your. Um, and by the way, the good thing about this is they're made here in the USA. Don't have to worry about any crazy uh, shipping uh, from overseas. None of that's going on from now till Thanksgiving. Uh, you can get your complimentary spa package absolutely free at checkout as well. Gift yourself a world-class spa experience with a luxurious Chamonix microdermabrasion treatment and a botanical-infused cleanser and toner. Go to JennyCell.com, enter the special promo code BECK35 at checkout for an additional 35 bucks off. Right now, it's 60% off GenuCell's most popular products. Go to GenuCell.com and enter code BECK35, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com, code BECK35. The Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I am so thrilled. Uh, coming up in just a few minutes to have a, a new friend of mine, Jim Lentz. He is the former CEO of Toyota North America. Uh, he is uh, also the former chief executive officer for, uh, uh, or no, sorry, the chief operating officer for Toyota Motor Corporation in Japan. The guy has been responsible for so much, including moving Toyota from California to Plano, Texas. But we were having dinner um, recently, and I just asked him to explain the problem with the supply chain and what it means and how long is it going to take to fix it. And he just has real knowledge of the supply chain and can explain it in such a way that just boggled my mind. Um, I understood it, but holy cow, it is much more than anybody really thinks. He's coming in in just a few minutes. Also, continued updates on what is happening with last night's election. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Thank you so much. Sometimes the mo- most important issues are the most complicated. Take finding insurance. Uh, whether it's for your car or your home, endless companies and coverage options that you need to consider. And, um, you know, you want to just talk to some real people. Doing it online is a real nightmare. This is where the zebra comes in, the zebra.com. You can compare car and home quotes from every major insurance company in under five minutes, giving you all the facts you need to make the right decision. It's the fastest way to find the right coverage at the right price. The the zebra actually saves the average American $922 a year on home and auto combined. That's a heck of a lot of money. Save time and money in minutes. Compare quotes for free at thezebra.com slash Beck. That's thezebra.com slash Beck. Uh, we're going to cover the election here for a couple of minutes, and then we're going to go into one of the main issues, and that is the economy. Uh, with a guy who has given me an entirely new perspective on the supply chain. Next. I will tell you right now, the one thing we are not going to do is gloat. We're not, right, Stu? 
We are absolutely def- not. That would we be are wrong. Definitely not mm-hmm. gloating today. We're above that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 oh man. <sighs> The program begins in 60 seconds. I've got a a guy in that you're going to love. He is the former CEO of Toyota North America and COO of Toyota Motor Corporation. And we were having dinner the other night, and he explained the supply chain. Wait until you hear, A, how amazing it is, and then try to figure out how are we going to get this back. That's coming up in 60 seconds. First, let me tell you about Autumn. She wrote in recently to talk about the Tuttle Twins books and what they mean to her family. She said, Glenn, I have to let you know this book series has meant the world to our family. I read from them to my six kids. Six kids. You know what's causing that, Autumn, right? (laughs) I think they do. Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyway, six kids. She says, I'm homeschooling six kids. You are a saint. Anyway, when we finish all of them, we start right over again. Our reading has led to relevant discussions of current events and an understanding of government and the law at a much deeper level. Listen, waking America up from its slumber, reminding ourselves of who we are, starts with our kids. Our kids are going to be the ones that really fight this battle in the future. And if you are expecting them to be taught through osmosis, Uh, or anything at school about how the free market actually works, why a republic is the best system uh, out there. Uh, You're not going to find it. You're just not going to find it in their classrooms. Tuttle Twins books. It's a great series, and they have a 35% discount off their books right now. They're giving away the activity workbook at no additional cost. It's a big discount. Just go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com. That's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get the discount. Keep your kids sane in this socialist world. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Before we go and introduce you to uh, Jim Lentz, I want to get a quick update uh, from Stu on, and again, hey, they fought a good battle. Let's not. Hey, we're all in this together, guys. We're in this together. Yeah. So, okay. okay. Uh, all right. So, here are uh, some of the results from last night. So, Glenn Youngkin is the big news. He wins in Virginia in what would have been just a month ago a shocking upset. It's yeah. important to say because we got to that point in the last week before the election where we thought he might win that this is a, a devastating defeat. For yeah, many, golf, and it couldn't happen to a better It guy. really couldn't. And uh, I will tell you, I have lots to say on this. I think just the Terry McAuliffe loss uh, tells us many things that we need to know. I'll cover that coming up next hour. Basically, progressives lost almost everywhere, including in Buffalo, where they, a socialist Democrat lost to, to a write-in candidate yeah. uh, who was just a normal crazy Democrat. Uh, the only real victory for de- uh, pro- real hardcore progressivism around the country was in uh, Boston. Boston. The mayor in Boston, who's an Elizabeth Warren clone, uh, she wins there. Uh, the, but they, they were falling apart. Conservative, I, mean, I can't say conservative, um, people who are more normal uh, and more conservative, if you can use that word, in San Francisco were winning yeah. uh, last night. I mean, it's it's the Seattle, the Seattle, the school yeah. board in San Francisco uh, flipped away from these people who were saying we're going to rename George Washington High School. Yep. Uh, it's big, big, big. A big, couple more big school board victories in Texas as well. Um, one other uh, interesting uh, situation was in New York. Not really covered too much, but there's three ballot initiatives, all of them sort of trying to 
open up elections like, you know, same day registration and things like that. All of them failed and failed badly in New York, which is remarkable. And then the other big race that everyone's watching right now is New Jersey. Uh, It's very, very close as we speak. Um, The governor race there, Biden won New Jersey by 16 points. Currently, it's 49.66% to 49.60%. Murphy, the Democrat, is leading at this point. Uh, You know, as someone who goes through all this stuff all the time, the the votes that are outstanding are largely in blue blue counties. And I would expect uh, Murphy to hold on to this, though it's going to be very, very close. Which is itself an earthquake. Even the fact that it was close is almost more impressive than what happened in Virginia. So the economy, schools, the culture, um, what's happening in Washington, D.C., the 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 wild unpopularity for uh, Joe Biden all played a role. But one of the big things that everyone was talking about across the country as they were coming out of the uh, polls was the economy and the supply chain is really hard to understand. I was having a dinner with a friend, Jim Lentz. He is um, he, he's been the head of you were the head of Toyota for how long? Uh, sales side about six years and about seven years CEO for North America. Okay, so he was the CEO for Toyota uh, Motor Corporation of North America and the chief operating officer of the parent company in Japan. Um, he is he, he was he was there for all of the big things, including the move from California to Texas, Plano, Texas. Uh, and also you were there for the big earthquake. Yes. Um, in Japan, which. I, I think would play a little bit of a role that you could learn from now on supply chain issues. Oh, very much so. Very yeah. much so. Okay, so can you explain the supply chain to the audience like you did to me uh, when I asked you? I said, so I, what, what is happening with the supply chain? Sure. So the biggest thing to understand is supply chain is a system. And there are a lot of different components to it. And it really starts with forecasting and ordering what you think. So as, as a manufacturer, I have to forecast what my future needs of automobiles will be. I place that manufacturing order, and let's say something that's being produced overseas. It gets produced, it gets shipped, it gets processed at the port, it then gets transported, whether it gets trucked to the ultimate uh, place of sale or a warehouse, mm-hmm. or it gets moved into a rail yard and then it gets railed, uh, and eventually it gets sold. So the challenge is, when the supply chain breaks down, uh, all of that has to operate in sync. If you concentrate as we are today on just the port operations, you're just going to move that supply chain problem further down the road. Because let's just, and I'm sure it doesn't work this way, but let's just say you have shipment of a whole bunch of steering wheels coming in. Well, what are you going to do with all the steering wheels? Because you're missing the chips because the chips aren't in. Right. You need all of them to come in in an ordered way, right? right? Right. And can you explain how sophisticated the supply chain is for fa- for factories like Toyota? Yeah. Well, you know, so literally the, the Japanese kind of invented just in time. And just in time means when I build a vehicle in my plant, literally the part that goes on that truck may only arrive hours before production. In fact, our our plant here in Texas that builds the Tundra, uh, we actually have suppliers on site, the seat supplier. So they will build their seats in the same sequence that I build my vehicle. So that seat literally arrives maybe 20 minutes 
before it needs to to be able to go down that line. And I think the biggest thing as a result of all this, lean manufacturing was created to take waste out of the system. So you didn't have to warehouse 30 and 60 days worth of parts. Because when, when you were at Ford, this is many years ago, almost 40 years ago, when you were at Ford, you, you told me that there were times when you ran out of the right color seats, but that was just it. That's right. You put in whatever you had at the end of the year. So, so you know, the world's gotten away from that. But the big question that, that COVID in this supply chain crisis has created is, can lean manufacturing as we know it today, just in time, literally hours before it's needed, is that the best way to go? Or are we going to need to go backwards a little bit, create more warehousing so we don't have these big glitches? It's going to be interesting to see how this gets fixed because there's, there's an old adage in the car business, and that is when things were going wrong, you'd say the bull is in the ditch. And the big question is, not how the bull got there, not whose fault it was, not how you're going to keep him out of the ditch in the future. The question is, how do you get him out of the ditch today? So today, we need to be concentrating our efforts on the supply chain in these ports and how can we get these ports cleared as quickly as possible? So I've talked to the head of the truckers, uh, independent truckers. They say there's not a shortage of trucks. There's a shortage of place to put stuff. Uh, and they say the trucks, the reason why they have problems with truckers is sometimes these truckers will wait eight hours mm-hmm. at a port and they're not getting paid for that. They're not getting paid to wait. So right. what is the problem? How, if you were president, how would you be fixing this? Uh, I would go to somewhere like Wharton and get a systems expert on logistics to go down to the port and observe exactly what's happening. Where, where are the bottlenecks? Is the bottleneck trucks coming into the port? Is the bottleneck trucks going out of the port? Is the bottleneck how many, how many cranes we have to move it? Uh, I mean, there are so many issues. And, and if you look at Long Beach as an example, um, they've been processing roughly 18,000 containers a day. Jeez. There are 29,000 containers a day arriving. Oh, my gosh. And, and, you know, as I started to research this for your show today, you can go back to March and there was a huge backlog in March. So this didn't just take place last month. Mm. This has been going on for some time. There and are f- nobody did anything. No. And there, there are, there are 540,000 containers sitting on ships waiting to be processed. Oh, my gosh. So, so and only 18,000 being be. processed. So, so if, if you look at those numbers, you've got to increase your, your throughput by 60% just to keep up with what's coming, not even to cut into the backlog of what you have there. So the, the only way to tackle this is to look at the entire system. How can we improve the efficiency every step along the way? Because if, if for example, I find a way to work 24-7 at every term, terminal, and I start putting out all these containers. Well, your next problem is going to be at the railhead. You're right. not going to have you're not going to have enough trains to move the merchandise. And then if you fix that problem, then where are you going to put all this stuff? You're not going to have the warehouse space. If you go into Walmart today and there's something that's not in stock, and you say, "Well, do you have it in the back room?" There isn't a back room. Right. So, so this that's why like our supermarkets are are restocked. Like, what is it like something crazy, like 18 times a day? Yeah. 
because it's just in time, right? Yeah. They they predict when they're going to be mm-hmm. out of these products. Yeah, I mean, it happens at our plants. I mean, literally, at one end of the plant, we'll have parts arrive. And literally, within hours, it is taken from there, and it's put on the assembly line. Uh, rarely do parts sit for a very long period of time. Well, that seems like an impossible problem to fix, because you have to fix it from both ends. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff in these 540,000 containers are not going to be used right away. It Right? Right, right. Which is going to cause a problem if they are parts used to complete whatever it might be, a, a, a television, an automobile, a piece of furniture. It creates that problem as well. And, and understand, too, in China today, their main port, they have problems with electricity. They have a problem with manpower. And they're likely running short on cargo containers. Because nothing is coming back to them. Right, right. So at some point in time, you're going to have this glut sitting over there ready to come back. And this armada is going to keep on coming until this system gets fixed. Now, the the big challenge is um, the port infrastructure needs to be improved. In the case of Long Beach, I don't think there's much more land to deal with. Right. So in, until you can improve the efficiency, and that's that takes someone to sit down and actually observe what happens. At, at Toyota, as an example, we have a department w- that works in our plants just on efficiency. And they'll sit and they'll observe what's going on on an assembly line to figure out where are we wasting time? How can, how can we change something to improve the safety or improve the efficiency of what we do? And it may just be something that saves two or three seconds, but it makes a huge difference over time. That same type of thought process has to go into fixing a complex problem. So was this doomed to fail from the beginning? I mean, uh, should we be looking for the short term to get us back to this kind of a system? It seems to me one of the things we learned was there are some things like chips and medicine that maybe we should make here in America uh, for just for our, our own strategic, you know, uh, defense reasons. Right. Um, but does this system go back to the way it was? Well, I think the difficulty is if, if you look at California, the ports in Long Beach, I believe they were up 25 or 30 percent even last year. And this year they're up another 20 or 30 percent. And if you're landlocked and that much throughput is increasing, it was, it was inevitable that you were going to have challenges unless you changed how you operated. Um, you know, the, the difficulty with just moving chips to the U.S. as an example, there are roughly 50 chip manufacturers in the world. Um, 50% of all the chips come out of Taiwan. 90- I, want to, I need you to listen to this. 50% of all chips come out of Taiwan. Uh, roughly 90% of all the really high-tech, sophisticated chips come out of Taiwan. Um, most all the chips come out of somewhere in Asia. If it's not Taiwan, it's, it's Japan, it's Vietnam. It's, it's China it's number places. two, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think if you add t- Taiwan and China together, they are by far the largest. So if Taiwan falls to China, they have a gun to our head. Uh, to, to the globe. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. And, and the difficulty is it takes a long time to build one of these plants, and they're very capital intensive. 
You know, a, a new chip plant today is 15 to $20 billion to build. So you can't exactly change that overnight. So um, we're going to continue our conversation here in, in uh, just a second. I, this is what, when you think about Build Back Better, which is just a slogan to change the financial uh, uh, strategy of our system, this is the kind of stuff that we should be talking about. Can we get a relief to help build chip manufacturing plants here in America? Can we can we redesign our ports? Instead, they're going they're going to green energy and all of this this garbage that is not going to help us out in the future to remain uh, ahead of the rest of the world, or at least even competitive with the rest of the world. Back in just a second, 60 seconds to tell you about Deborah Ann. She lives in Massachusetts. She writes in about her experience with taking a relief factor for pain. She said, I started taking relief factor four days ago about hearing after hearing about it on your show for so long. Amazingly, my hip pain in four days is almost completely gone. Used to be I had horrible time sleeping because of that pain, but not anymore. I am absolutely loving how I'm feeling these days. Thank you so much. Deborah Ann, that's a, I mean, that's close to a miracle. Four days and you're already pain-free. Um, you know, if you're taking it for three weeks, you should start to see some relief of your pain. And if you're not seeing anything in three weeks, stop taking it. it you're, prob- you're, you're part of the 30% probably that it won't work on. It has given me my life back and so many of our listeners. Try it now. ReliefFactor.com. Try the three-week quick start for nineteen ninety-five. It's ReliefFactor.com. 800-583-84. ReliefFactor.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Uh, <clears throat> so am I wrong with that assessment that that we're not doing the right? It doesn't seem like we're focused on the right things as a nation. Well, and part of it, I, I think if you look at Build Back Better. There is money in there to build chip plants in the U.S. There is money in yeah, there. Yeah. And right. I think there's infrastructure to try and improve the ports. So, but it's being undershadowed by some of the rest of this garbage stuff. <laughs> I'll, I'll say garbage. Yeah. You, you don't have to say garbage. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, trying to get people prepared for the short term. Uh, I've been saying for a while, buy your Christmas presents now. Mm-hmm. Uh, because... When they run out, they run out, right? Yeah, no. Um, what what industries do you think are going to be most affected? How is the consumer going to be most affected by this? Do you have any idea? Well, you know, I, I can speak primarily the car industry. Yeah. Uh, you know, right now, consumers are spending a lot more for vehicles. If you're going to buy a new car today, chances are, there are they are not discounting them because an industry that typically has good selection 60 days worth of cars on on the ground today they may have five days worth of cars on the ground you were trying to buy a car uh, recently and you couldn't get the options that you wanted you were yeah i mean it's and it's it's ordered but it's they just they won't even give me a date and when they expect to deliver it yeah because they may not know because yeah. they're not sure when the parts are going to come in because if if you look at it and, and chips are a big part of it but an average car has anywhere from 50 to, say, 150 chips. If it's a hybrid or an EV, it may have thousands of chips. And the more sophisticated your car, 
the more chips it has. Anti-lock brakes, um, lane departure warning, dynamic cruise control, navigation, all of that creates more so chips. So is it possible that we are entering a time to where your car breaks down and you just don't have one for a while because it's just sitting in the shop. They don't have the parts. Yeah, I, I mean, good news is, at least with chips, that doesn't happen very often, but sure. I mean, if, if, if you're bringing some of your parts from overseas, in our case, we buy $33 billion worth of parts a year in the U.S. So fewer and fewer and fewer come, but sure. Uh, you have a problem with your car, you've, uh, your cruise control goes out and you need a new component. Uh, it may take quite a while to get it. And, and, and as you mentioned, um, to be able to produce vehicles today, some of the manufacturers are reducing the, the options that are on. Back in just a second, the supply chain and the coming economy. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Also, we give you an update, and I have a lot more to say about uh, last night's election coming up on the uh, program, and we'll have another update on uh, who won, who lost yesterday. Really good news. You know, if you're a fan of this program, you're in a happy place today. Patriot Mobile is one of those companies that we all need to start doing business with. Um, AT&T just did a big session this week where they were teaching their employees, uh, if you were white, that you're part of the problem and you need to be less white. I don't even know what that means, quite honestly, um, but that just goes to reinforce, I don't want to do business with AT&T. I don't want to do business with people who are funding Planned Parenthood like Verizon is. I would rather, because I can get the same great service and I can get it at half the cost, I can get that from Patriot Mobile, a company that is not, uh, let me put it this way, a company that is reflecting my values. I'd rather be for something than against something, and Patriot Mobile is something that will give me the same great service, half the cost, and I can be for them because they're for me. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Go there now. Back to back tonight, Studios America. And Glenn Beck on TV. Make sure to check it out. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. We're very glad that you're here today. We have an update on what's happening uh, in the... It was a good night. It was a very, very good night, in case you missed that. Um, All the way from uh, Seattle... Uh, to Virginia, believe it or not. Uh, not a good night if you are a deep progressive. Um, we're talking to Jim Lentz. He is, uh, he's in. He's the former CEO of Toyota North America and the former COO of uh, Toyota Motor Corporation um, in, um, in Japan. And in the Wall Street Journal, uh, I think it's, yeah, this week, two days ago, there was a full page ad that Toyota took out. Let's not play politics with the environment, the American auto worker and the American consumer. Toyota believes the future of automobiles is electric. We also believe Congress needs to provide incentives for the purchase of electric vehicles to speed the transition to the electric future. But some in Congress have a different idea. They want to give an extra $4,500 incentive exclusively for electric vehicles made by workers who have decided to join a union. What does this say to the American auto worker who's decided not to join a union? It says their work, their work is worth $4,500 less because they made that choice. 
Um, this doesn't I mean, this is the problem in Washington is a I think the the car business is the future is electric, possibly hydrogen mm-hmm. in the end. I, I don't know for sure. But the American consumer is not being allowed to drive that innovation. Uh, and and now if you really cared about climate change, why would you say, you know, how, how many how many car companies are union? I mean, do you know the balance? I, I don't know the numbers. Is it 50 50 um, or it's, any it's idea? probably a greater percentage non-union in this country. So that's crazy. Yeah, it's it, it's it's nuts because, you know, the the administration has put out the challenge of selling 50 percent electric vehicles by 2030. That's a huge number to hit. But if 60 percent or 50 percent, call it 50 50 of the manufacturers can't participate in that because of a forty five hundred dollar less incentive. And, and to put forty five hundred in perspective, that's one hundred dollars a month in payments. That's huge. So that's a huge number for the average person that's going into purchase. So, you know, to me, it's just, it's, it's, it's bad policy. Um, it, it's not fair to that worker. I mean, what are you telling that worker that is, is a great American worker that builds vehicles? You're telling him he's not worth as much. You're telling the consumer that you really have to buy from these three manufacturers, even though you may want to buy from someone else. hundred bucks a month's a big difference. You're, you're saying that while the environment's important, the drive for unionization is more important. And what are you telling the taxpayer? Because these aren't the government's dollars. These are taxpayer dollars. And, and basically, you're telling the taxpayer that it's okay for the government to use your tax dollars to put their thumb on the scale of competition. And to me, that's the biggest problem in all this. So the, 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 I agree with you. The problem is this crony capitalism that we are only uh, making much worse with the ESG and everything that's happening in Scotland this week. Um, they are picking winners and losers. Mm-hmm. And this happened. I mean, I am probably the only person crazy enough to cancel a multi-year contract with General Motors. Mm-hmm. The, the company tried to get General Motors to advertise on talk radio forever and then they went into business with the government with tarp and uh i said you know when you get back out of business with the government that's great but you just told me before this president came in that hydrogen was the future Mm -hmm. and when he gets in office the first thing he does is say you drop hydrogen and you'll get this this money how can i represent a company that sells themselves out like that so fast um this is they're picking winners and losers mm-hmm. left and right and that stops innovation it does and and the government isn't good at picking winners and losers the what works in america is let companies compete and let consumers choose who they like the best what products they like the best you know in our case we, we do believe that electrification is going to be the future, but I can't tell you if that is a battery-powered car, a hydrogen-powered car, uh, a hybrid car, a plug-in hybrid car. It's up to the consumers to make that decision. And, and the risk in, in not allowing the consumer to make that decision, roughly in the marketplace, 
there are 250 million cars on the road. Average age is about 12 years. So if you really want to clean up the environment, the key is to get the old cars off the road. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, in a perfect world, if they were all electric, it would be wonderful. But the unintended consequence is people either don't want or can't afford the electric car. So what are they going to do? They're going to drive older cars longer. And they're going to create a bigger CO2 problem over time. And they're also, they also don't, I mean, I, this is the thing, Jim, you know, you said earlier that China is having electrical problems. They are, their power grid is, they're going dark. Some, some cities, some factories are just literally dark in China. Um, and they're building a new coal fire plant every week in China. If the more we put onto the power grid, the more cars we're all plugging in there. Look what happened to Texas last year because we added wind power and solar power and then turned the coal fire plants down and our nuclear energy down. You can't do that while adding all of these cars. I mean, we're going to be looking at real serious electrical problems. Are we not? Yeah, I would. I would guess that's the case as well. You know, part of it is. You want to help, as a manufacturer, you want to help lead consumers to a greener future. But if you get too far out in front of the consumer, they will lose track of what you're trying to accomplish. And, and that's the biggest fear. That's why we think as long as we can, building hybrids and plug-in hybrids and electrics, and, and eventually we believe the world is hydrogen um, because it's, it's just a better battery. There, there are challenges with batteries. People today, 75, almost 80% of what people are buying today are pickup trucks and SUVs. Mm -hmm. They're bigger vehicles. Those take enormous batteries because of their weight to move. It's just not an efficient way to do things. E equals MC square. The the bigger the battery, the more power you need to move it. it, it, Because of the weight. Right. But in the case of hydrogen, you're producing electricity on board. So you need much smaller batteries, much less weight. There are challenges with infrastructure to be able to build out hydrogen infrastructure, but there are challenges with an EV infrastructure today as well. How does the average person who might live in a apartment or a condominium complex, they don't have a garage. How are they plugging their car in? It's, it's, it's a huge challenge. It's a huge challenge where in the case of hydrogen, I I think people want cars to act just like gasoline cars in the future. I don't want to, I haven't bought an electric car because I don't want a car that only goes 400 miles. That's, that's ridiculous. I, I like to drive across the country. Right. I like to, I don't want to be limited at 400 miles. And then I have to stop in the middle of someplace and find a charging station. Yeah. That's not reasonable. Yeah. And in the case of hydrogen, you can refuel your vehicle in about the same amount of time it takes to refuel a gas Correct. car. So, you know, and, and eventually battery technology will catch up, but we just have to understand that it's going to take time and let's not have perfect be the enemy of progress. So we are, but we are putting rules down now that are, you know, 2030, 2050, which I think is a great goal, but not when you're mandating that you get there. That's it. You know, it, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Well, eventually, if you make a mistake, there's going to be pushback from consumers. If you start telling consumers, 
I'm sorry, but the only thing you're going to be able to drive is a four-passenger car to make an EV efficient. And they're coming out of their, their Escalade or they're coming out of their van. That's going to be a problem down the road. And they're either not going to come out of the vehicle or they're just not going to be happy. So companies like Toyota pushing back on this union thing. So that gives me a lot of hope that there there are companies that are standing up for common sense and saying, no, no, this doesn't make any sense at all. They're not just folding to the green agenda. Well, well, you at, can't. at all costs. Yeah. I mean, you can't because, you know, I've got a lot of stakeholders. You know, I, I employ thirty six thousand people in the U.S. through 10 manufacturing plants. I've got one hundred and eighty thousand uh, dealer personnel that rely on Toyota to make their livelihoods. You know, between the dealers and Toyota, we've invested over $60 billion in this country. So, you know, we, we believe that we've earned a right for a seat at the table. <laughs> we think we're part of the fabric of America. You know, on a retail basis, more people purchase Toyota products than any other brand. See, I have to tell you, going the opposite direction, I think the one that doesn't really have a seat at the table is standing in the room. Um, but the one who doesn't have a seat at the table is the government. <laughs> I mean, the government should be there just to go, hey, 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 wait, wait, wait. No, what you guys are talking about at the table, you can't do because of the Constitution. But they are leading the discussions at the table now. And that's just, that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I think. And, and especially on the EV side. I mean, frankly, you know, Tesla vehicles aren't going to get this. Rivian, so, so, so if you look at the, the really um, companies that are really pushing the EV side, the real innovators, they're also locked out of this. Right. And it, it just... Elon Musk it, it is make crazy sense. Oh, yeah, about he's this. and going nuts. Yeah, yeah. Jim, thank you so much. You're very I welcome. I really appreciate it. This is uh, Jim Lentz, former CEO, Toyota North America, COO of uh, Toyota Motor Corporation uh, in Japan. Uh, I hope to have you on again. You're a fascinating guy. Thank you so much, Jim Lenz. Our sponsor this half hour is American Financing. You got to get your financial house in the best shape it can be. Uh, the the concept of uh, storing up in good times for when bad time comes, old as the Bible and just as relevant today as it was then. You could be saving money. Now, where can you save money? Uh, you know, you want to improve your financial status. You have to do one of two things. You got to get a better job or more jobs uh, or you have to save money. Well, do both. An easy way for you to save money is to consolidate your mortgage with all of your high interest credit cards or just to get a lower interest rate. And please lock the interest rate in the uh, the interest rate has to come up. It just has to come up if we're going to stop inflation. Um, American financing can help you. There's, you know, uh, there's no uh, tricks and no obligation. You just call them and see if they can help you. I know several people in the audience that have called and I've done this and they're like, yeah, can't can't help you. I think you got a pretty good deal. Uh, American financing. They don't work for the banks. They work for you. American financing at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440 or AmericanFinancing.net. American financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. You are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck program. So just how bad was the defeat 
of the left. I think you only have to go to New York City. And the, while this guy's not a conservative, he's a former cop. So who's it, against defund the police. Obviously. Correct. So in the midst of all this defund the police, even New Yorkers who are bad crap crazy, even New Yorkers have said, yeah, we're not we're not going down that road. That's remarkable. It really is. Really, almost exclusively across the country, the AOC wing of the party was absolutely handed uh, defeat after defeat after defeat, Mm -hmm. which is really good news because, I mean, as much as it is easier to defeat the AOC wing of the party uh, when you're talking about elections, but you don't want people like that in power. Like, God forbid, when they do sneak in to office, they can do massive damage. And you'd rather have you'd rather have a, a sane Democratic Party if it were ever to to exist again. Yeah, I know. Uh, um, so the fact that the AOC party uh, and wing of the party is being shown to be a uh, an electoral loser over and over and over again is a good thing for the country. It is. By the way, tonight on the Wednesday night special, the insider story of the massive border crisis under President Biden. This fiscal year, there have been over 1.7 million arrests on the southern border. This is the highest number ever recorded, more than twice the population of Washington, D.C., three times the population of Wyoming. And that's just the people who were caught crossing the border illegally. In the past few uh, few months, there's been around a thousand additional people per day that Border Patrol refers to uh, as gotaways. The Biden-Harris administration has been AWOL on this. The useless debates that are going on. Tonight, I'm sitting down with the recently ousted U.S. Border Patrol chief, Rodney Scott. He is a 29-year border veteran who served under five different presidents. Only one president has decided to politicize Scott's position. Rodney Scott, he could have said a lot over the past several weeks about the disaster he has witnessed this year, but he's not a political hack. He wanted to wait until the time was right to talk, and that time is tonight. Join us tonight. You want to hear what's really going on in the border How about the former border chief, the guy who has served under five different presidents? He's going to talk about what happened tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, only on BlazeTV.com and BlazeTV YouTube. Make sure you join us. If you're not part of the family yet, please join us. Uh, You can uh, join at BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and save 10%. That's tonight at 9, right after a brand new Stu Does America. Wow. People are excited about it. You can hear by the voice in that announcer. No, that's you. This is the Glenn Beck program. Okay. Thank you so much, uh, Hillary. Um, Glad you're here. I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, Rec Tech. Rectech is just the best grill I've ever I've ever had I've ever used. Um, we have a nice regular grill, um, and we bought a Rectech for the promise really of you're can you can smoke and smoke ribs, um, but also it cooks everything to perfection. And I am the worst. I burn everything literally burn. And at the price of meat, I don't want to be burning steaks. Um, Rectech is 
unbelievable. Their smart grill technology. I haven't burned anything. I know this sounds like, but it's true. I mean, I suck at this. Rectech is having a Black Friday sale that has already begun. You can save up to $415. You order right now. Get your grill for the holidays with shipping on all pellet grills. That's Rectech.com. R-E-C-T-E-Q. Q at the end of Rectech.com. R-E-C-T-E-Q. Their Black Friday sale. Go there now and see the incredible deals. We are not going to gloat this hour. No, we're going to give you the facts and definitely, definitely not gloat because that would be wrong and childish. Right, Stu? We wouldn't do that. We wouldn't do that. No, we're adults here. Or we might just maybe a little bit. I mean, even adults can 60 60 seconds. We'll find find out how adult we are. The Glenn Beck Program. I have a love-hate relationship with my bed, honestly. I love to climb into it in the uh, evening. I hate to get out of it in the morning. I'm just saying. You know, I can't decide. Love-hate. Anyway, one of the things I love about my bed is uh, my sheets and my pillows. I get them from Mike Lindell's MyPillow. And they Mike has been working for years to make sure you can, you know, have that love-hate relationship with your bed. His famous my pillow is the thing that started it all, but now he's got a mattress topper and the Giza Dream Sheets, which are just incredible, and they are still on sale today at buy one get one free. Um, here's something that you can shop for now. It makes a great Christmas gift for anybody who is a sheet snob like I am. Uh, but the price is unbelievable, especially with the two for one sale. It's Giza Dream Sheets, two for one. Now's the time to order them. MyPillow.com. Click on the new radio listener specials. Check out the buy one, get one free offer on the Giza Dream Sheets. Find deep discounts on other MyPillow products as well. Enter the promo code BECK, B-E-C-K, or call 800-966-3117. 800-966-3117. Make sure you use the promo code BECK at MyPillow.com. Now... Now, today uh, is a day that I didn't, I didn't know that it would come this, this soon. And I, while I don't want to gloat, I do, uh, I do want to dance. Everybody dance. <laughs> okay, that was childish. Um, that was the example of, of what not, what to, not do to do. Not to do. You shouldn't Just, do that at your workplace. If somebody comes in and they're a little bit down today and they're like, gee, it looks like 
the progressive socialists got their ass handed to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The last thing you need to do is say, everybody dance. <laughs> that would be wrong. No, you shouldn't do that. You should not do that. The last thing you should do. Thank you. Stuart. You shouldn't bring that song with you on your phone. No. In fact, let me just give you a clear cut of it. Go ahead. Not that, whoops, not that that should be your ringtone today. <laughs> oh, you know, that would be bad. That would be terrible. Terrible. You would terrible. be a bad person if you did something like that <sighs> too many times. <laughs> more in than, more than 10, more Within, than 10, no more than 10 in, in an hour. Okay. So, so the signal from San Francisco is pretty strong. Public You're talking about the scent of the streets, like they're just the, no, the no, public no, defecation. No, the, the signal, pro- the signal scent. Got it. Okay. okay. Yeah. 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 Got yeah. Uh, public safety, public education, voters in San Francisco said yesterday, "Yeah, uh, why don't you just pick up the garbage? Uh, why don't you just get people to stop crapping on the streets and uh, stop." trying to rename all of the uh you know george washington and abraham lincoln schools mm-hmm. we're pretty cool with that um that is that is astounding astounding to happen in san francisco but uh it looks like i mean could we just play kamala harris this is one two three four cut four please because you see what happens in virginia will in large part determine Mm -hmm. what happens in 2022, 2024, and on. Everybody (laughs) (laughs) She's right, though. See, people say we can't be bipartisan. We are bipartisan. We agree with her analysis on that point. 100% agree. 100% (laughs) agree. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, so that's the problem, but will they learn that lesson? No. And to that, I say, everybody. Because <laughs> you just, I mean, <laughs> it's one of those days. It is one of those days. The only thing I, setting it aside from mm-hmm. a perfect, wonderful day is what's happening in New Jersey, yeah. which is incredibly good news for Republicans overall. Yeah, and and quite honestly, to even be close in New Jersey, to it, be close yeah. is astounding. The best poll in New Jersey for Chitterelli, who's the Republican there, was a four-point defeat. And it's I don't think it's going to be that high. I think he, he looks like he is going to wind up losing in a very close election just because the, the vote that is hanging around is from Democratic uh, districts. Um, but I will say this. What's interesting, too, when you look at uh, on the other side of this in Virginia, the news of, gov- of the governor uh, situation and down the ticket is pretty good. But the, the House of uh, Delegates, um, which is a fascinating uh, race, much more fascinating than the title house of delegates would uh, indicate because house of delegates (laughs) i mean if that was a a show on pbs the house of delegates i would immediately (laughs) (laughs) so there's a few different crazy ones there 
first of all, there's this guy, um, uh, his last name's Chris, it's Chris Hurst. Did I tell you the story? This is a crazy one. No, go ahead. So Chris Hurst, you don't know who he is, of course, but he, you know something about him. You know about the absolute worst moment of his life. Okay. Okay. So in 2015, remember this, you'll remember this story. Um, a video comes out of a female reporter doing a live hit on the air. And she's interviewing someone from the Chamber of Commerce locally. And in the middle of the interview, a gunman comes out and kills her in the middle of the interview. Do oh you remember gosh. this story? No. You don't remember the story? We talked about it at the time. The video was everywhere. Uh, she was legitimately doing a local news report. Gunman comes out, kills her on the cam- on camera, kills the um, cameraman as well. The the woman who she was interviewing got away. Um, that woman, the reporter who was killed, was the fiance of this guy, Chris Hurst, who, mm. after this incident, wound up running for the House of Delegates. He wins a close election, wins another close election. He's running again. The night before the election, uh, he is uh, pulled over. Uh, and apparently... Hold on just a second. Hold on just a second. <laughs> I was promised... I was promised here the, uh, you know, the House of Delegates or whatever that sounded. Welcome to the House of Delegates. Um, Nobody, nothing exciting like this happens in the House of Delegates. All they do is talk about quorum calls, right? right? That's what happens in the House (laughs) of Delegates. That's right. That's right. And somebody is uh, like a really bad maid. Yes. To somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, go ahead. (laughs) So, um... This guy gets pulled over, pulled, pulled over uh, the night before the election. Um, police talk to him. So it's unclear exactly what happened, but either him or possibly the woman who was in his car, uh, they catch them because they were vandalizing signs for his opponent. So the night before the election, I guess they're just out tearing down signs for their opponent in the race. Long story on that part short, he winds up losing uh, in the House of Delegates. This brings it to a 50-50 split. So Deb- Republicans might have a, you know, they're going to have a split control of this house. However, in the overnight, how many times have you heard this story? In the overnight, new votes were found. <laughs> All the time. All the time. Yeah. Uh, new votes were found. New votes were counted. And the, the uh, outcome changed in favor of the Republicans. Shut and up. now Republicans look like they'll have 52 seats not to in two different seats they're going to wind up getting a last minute win it looks like and it looks like now republicans will get control of the house of delegates in virginia which nobody thought was possible coming into last night so really i mean it's hard to limit how good the news was last night everybody Wait a minute, but it was supposed to be boring. Okay, all right. Here's how we do it. Mm-hmm. Here's how we do it. Um, you know the uh, the House of Delegates. Uh, there was somebody, somebody that was not driving a Bentley. Came up on a bicycle and he was riding, and there was a sign there in the large lawn, and he looked at it and said, "This shan't stand." And Votes were found in the basement by the butler. Mm. And then that, and then just like a long That's musical it. interlude Shh. out. Oh, sorry. On this week's House of Delegates. Brought to you in part by the Ford Foundation. 
That's where they spend most of their money. Most of their money. Is on most shows like The House of yeah, Delegates. Yeah, that and, uh, like, really creepy eugenic stuff. Yeah, sure. But, but The House of Delegates is the main part <laughs> of the, the organization. Main, not the actual House of Delegates, mm-hmm. but the, the show. House the show. of Delegates. Tuesday nights. So, on really, PBS. the only thing holding, uh, uh, holding back the ultimate party today is this New Jersey thing, which looks like it's, you know, this is like one of those situations where you're like a small college, you have no chance to win, beat the big SEC team you're playing, and somehow you've got the ball on the one yard line with eight seconds left in the game, and you can't quite punch it across. Like, they're going to wind up losing a very close race. You know, and once again, it is a sign, McAuliffe losing is a sign that Hillary Clinton and the Clintons' power Oh, it's is over. way over. Absolutely over. Way over. Their influence is done. They McAuliffe is essentially a Clinton. That's how close yeah. he oh, is yeah. to that that legacy. And again, that and he might defeated. actually be a Clinton. Yeah, it's Bill very might cool. have had sex with somebody. <laughs> you know, I don't know. On the next episode, <laughs> <laughs> on the next episode of the House of Delegates, Bill Clinton has sex with a downstairs maid. Will that be Terry McAuliffe? Find out in the next episode of on PBS. It's hard to promote that show because how do you spell it? You know? Delegates? No, the last episode of (laughs) It's just difficult to so his so the Clintons are absolutely over now, which is which is another reason everybody. I mean, it's another reason for that. It's another reason for that. And I think that it's Bill Clinton, I mean, uh, uh, Barack Obama also, I mean, he went out and he politicked hard, but his message was. This is all bullcrap. This is all made up stuff. These white people are afraid of black people. And nobody's buying that. Nobody's buying that anymore. Yeah. You know, I think that's a real miscalculation by the left. And I, I, I hope they continue to make it. Oh, I do, too. Because it is just it's so insulting. You know, and I think there's an interesting thing here, Glenn, between Virginia and New Jersey. We talked about Virginia a lot in the lead up. And obviously, education was one of the most important things. But education isn't just CRT and gender, right? It's also teachers unions telling your kids they're not allowed to go to school. Correct. It's the mask. It's also a mask. It's mask mandates. It's COVID relations. Yeah. Now it's your five to 11 year old having to get vaccinated. Vaccine mandates and passports and all that stuff. So all that stuff is is out there. Um, And I think like when you look at the New Jersey situation, which looks like it will move more to the right in pure points than even virginia did i mean it was a it's a bluer state and you look at that and there was not crt was not a big part of that election you know uh the gender stuff was not a big part of that election the COVID stuff was a big part of that election you know you look at murphy has the single highest or second highest um he's even has a worse death rate in the in the state than andrew cuomo which is saying something mm. um and you know, then you add on all of the businesses that were closed down. They didn't want kids going to school. He's one of the worst with the mandates in the nation. All of this uh, came and, and hit New Jersey business owners and, you know, regular citizens in the face over and over and over and over and over again. And, you know, that's 
might be a bigger factor. I think, too, a, a big part of this is just how bad Joe Biden is. Yeah. It's not, you know, th- there is a but it's national also, there aspect are some, here. There are some, like, I, I think, um, I think Winsome Sears could be a superstar. Hmm. She could be a. Now, this she's is got a the, great story. I don't know that much about her. But yeah, I don't story. either. But she's got a great, great story. And, and she's cool pictures of her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The gun. Just, yeah, yeah. Very cool. <laughs> uh, so she is the new lieutenant governor uh, in Virginia. She is also the first woman of color in the office of the Commonwealth's 400 year legislative history. OK. And she took on um, she took on CRT. And mm-hmm. she was very, very clear. Look, we should learn good and bad about American history. Yeah. Yep. A hundred percent. But we, uh, what did, how did she say it? Something along the lines of, um, but if you are coming in to a class and you're trying to make one kid feel guilty for history and they're white, black, doesn't matter. That's not sustainable. That's not a good plan. So Teach history as it actually happened. Leave all the rest of it out. Yeah. And how, and, and what was amazing, I was watching a little CNN last night, so you don't have to. And <laughs> you were the one. It was your night. It was my night. Over and over and over again, they made the point that this was just, you know, look, Youngkin, um, he just was using racist dog whistles. Uh, he just, you know, like when he was trying to ban these books, they just happened to be with black authors. That absolutely. This is this is crazy. This is crazy. Um, and, you know, this is a guy who's lieutenant governor, who's going all around the state was 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 the was Sears, who is black, the first black right. uh, woman to have statewide office. His attorney general uh, that he was running with is Hispanic. All around the country, honestly, the only person who made sense, and I then and I know he took Van some Jones. heat as well. What well, you're right. You, Van freaking Jones. I know. I saw Who it. said mo- he got in trouble for some of the stuff he said last night, but he said over and over again, he said this, this idea that we can win elections, meaning Democrats can win elections by just saying we're not Trump is dead tonight. It's over. Mm-hmm. And he said over and over again that Democrats come off as offensive to regular people. They come off as annoying mm-hmm. to regular people. And he's completely Right. And elitist. And elitist. I mean, I think there's something to be said. When you are using the word Latinx in your... Is it Latinx or Latinx? You said Latinx. I think it could be both. Is that... I think it's Latinx. It could be Latinx. Latinx seems even worse somehow. Oh, it, it, it I, is. So I I've heard them go. say Latinx. I've heard them say Latinx. I've heard them say Latinx as well. Now, Latinx just sounds like Malcolm X yeah, it's, to me. It's which bad is, either way. I don't... But, I mean, I prefer... My preferred pronoun here is latinx latinx is better it seems yeah. more demeaning to democrats and yes. it's more absurd considering yes. hispanics don't want you to say it. they don't want to say no latinx latinx no. they don't want to say any of that mm-hmm. uh and that's the point when you have these i think they are dog whistles for white elitists when you say things that the average person is not saying that's a dog whistle i'm better than you and people are not going to have any more of it. I hope. I hope. All right. Now, let's see the Republicans and what they do when they actually get into office. Please do something. All right. Uh, LifeLock. I got news for you. Every time you get online, you're rolling the dice. And you're rolling the dice with your good name, 
with your credit history that you're you're running the dice of you losing everything that is important to you identity theft does and will affect your life now nobody can watch over everything nobody can catch it all but lifelock is the best in the business and they help detect a wide range of identity threats and they'll send you an alert if something is wrong you'll know about it and you'll have access to a dedicated restoration specialist if you become a victim Right now, you can save 25% off your first year with promo code BACK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or head to lifelock.com and use the promo code BACK for 25% off. Lifelock.com. 10 seconds, station ID. This is the Glenn Beck program. Uh, Tomorrow we'll have more on what is happening in Scotland. It does affect you. Today is a really big day. Today is the financial meetings. Uh, This is where all of the banks are going to really get you. Uh, And you can read about the Great Reset in my new book. I suggest you order it now so you'll be guaranteed to get a copy when it first comes out. It is uh, the Great Reset by me, Glenn Beck. Uh, and uh, it gives you everything that you need to know, and all the footnotes, and all the links, and everything else. When you're, uh, if you want to get it on Amazon, you can just scroll through the uh, best uh, seller list. It's uh, right after "If Canim- Animals Kissed Goodnight" by Ann Whitford Paul. Right no, I don't one. think you're making that up. No, it's, that's number twenty-one. You're number twenty-two right now. So that's pretty good. Animals kiss goodnight. Yeah, okay, that's not bad you. at all. No, oh, by bad. the way, if you, it's a, you, you got to go scroll down a little way because it's about ten spots below i'm ready to read with chase from paw patrol the uh, the, the dog cop? from paw the, patrol. the cop yeah yeah police chase yeah the guy who's so racist you also have paint by sticker um that's uh that's pretty good <laughs> glitter every day 365 okay. right. quotes from okay. women i love from okay. andy cohen all right that's ahead how to catch right. a turkey at okay. number five all right oh, but you are the ahead n- of uh, this new release uh the very hungry caterpillar by eric carl no, I read that as a kid. That's actually very old. The Great Reset. Order it now. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You're such a jerk. <laughs> Somewhere along the line, when I wasn't looking, I got past the age of 50. I don't know how it happened, honestly. And I'd like to complain to the manager, but here we are. So you join a benefits group, or you can when you hit your 50s. There are several you could join, but may I recommend AMAC, A-M-A-C. It's the Association of Mature American Citizens. It's over 2 million members strong and counting. The benefits are fantastic, like insurance discounts, roadside assistance programs, uh, members-only credit card, travel benefits, phone plans, dental plans, auto loans, all of that. But I think more importantly is their advocacy. AMAC is an advocate group they are an advocate for you your interest your country your constitution and they have played significant roles in stopping things in congress with your help and your voice so join amac for the advocacy or the benefits or the great information they give you on their website join because america needs you amac amac.us slash back amac.us slash back and head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV today. Uh, we had a great night uh, at the polls. 
uh, if you are a conservative and you are against the things that this government is doing now, we took a step towards sanity, a big, big step uh, towards sanity last night. However, let's remember that we still have the Biden administration in power, uh, which means, I mean, just what's happening in Glasgow today, which we'll tell you about tomorrow, uh, that is going to affect every American citizen. The things that they're doing with energy is uh, remarkable. The things they're not doing on the supply chain, also remarkable. Uh, and we're going to have shortages. And uh, Carol Roth, who is the author of The War on Small Business, she's a former investment banker. She is cut from the same cloth, I think, that uh, I am. And she is, she is looking at uh, what is coming and seeing some real problems. Uh, and I wanted to get her on because we are entering the holidays. And I don't want people to hoard things, but I do want you to be prepared and so I asked Carol to look into this, and uh, she joins us now. Hi, Carol. How are you? I'm doing well, Glenn. And it's very well said. You know, if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. It's a good old Boy Scouts mantra, isn't yeah. it? So the things that, I, I mean, we are, we are going to be facing energy shortages, I think. Uh, and if it is very, very cold... Um, I think we're going to see a repeat of what we had here in Texas around the country, or we could. Um, the things that people are saying right now, the energy uh, issue is one of the things, but also water. And I don't understand the water issue. Why are people saying there's a water shortage? Well, I always like to follow the money. I know it's something that you're very keen on. And if you look at what's been happening over the past several years, you have really big pools of money, institutional investors, hedge funds, who have been buying up land that has water rights associated with it. Mm-hmm. And anytime you have institutional investors going to something that everyone thinks is a commodity and buying it up, that's forward thinking that maybe something's going on. And with population growth and obviously all the issues that we have just in terms of um, governments and their mismanagement, there are a lot of people who are very concerned, both short-term and long-term, about water shortages. So I think it's really imperative um, that everybody, like you said, you don't have to go out and hoard. And in fact, Costco won't let you do it. They've already put a limit on it. But every time you go to the store, purchase some extra water. Get to the point where you have at least a gallon a day per person in your household for at least a month. Because this is an issue. Yeah. Yes. Because if, if this is something that happens... Uh, you're going to want to have that extra preparation. And there could be a short-term implication because of the supply chain, but I am deeply concerned based on all of this um, you know, investment that's been going on longer term. So um, I had a billionaire friend of mine say to me, oh, 12, 15 years ago, Glenn, you got to buy water. Yeah. And I said, why do I feel like I'm sitting here with uh, Rockefeller in, you know, 1900 when he said buy oil? Uh, and he said, because it is, it's going to be as precious as oil is. And he said, but don't buy water. Don't buy water, per se. 
He said, buy the things that will help filter water, invest in. He said, because otherwise, if you are the water baron, he said, you're going to be as unpopular as any of these oil people are now. No, it, it makes a lot of sense. And so that's another good backup thing that you can purchase you know, for your own household is yeah. to get a supply of water filters. But you're right, from an investment thesis standpoint, it, there are all the kinds of technologies that are being developed, um, things for the desalinization yeah, of yeah. water and, yeah. and whatnot. So that's definitely something to consider. You know who is really focused on this, too? Um, Michael Burry, if any of you watched The Big Short. Yes. He was the, one of the first guys to call yes. the mortgage crisis, and that's where he's been investing as well. So as well. I don't understand where is the water shortage coming from, though? I mean... We've got water. <laughs> well, we don't have as much um, that's usable as everybody thinks. And Well, so I mean, just... p- places in California don't because they haven't built a reservoir since right. 1972. Exactly, exactly. They haven't been investing in some of these uh, arenas that uh, are required in, in order to make sure that you keep the water. And we also have population growth. Um, and you have to remember, it's not just the the major uh, consumption of water individually, but 70% of the water that's used is for food, yeah. which goes into sort of the, the next Farming. issue is if you're going down the chain, you don't just want to have water, you want to make sure that you have access to food. And as you mentioned with California, California is a huge source and supplier of our food, you know, here in the U.S. as well as as, uh, throughout the world. And I'm really concerned because I just saw again yesterday a story about Bill Gates buying up farmland, saying that he's got these these little farms. They're not going to be sustainable. And so he's (laughs) helping by buying them all up. Super helpful, don't you yeah, think? Yeah, oh, super helpful. Uh, yeah, super so, helpful. so so also things that on your own land, if you have you know, access to seeds and things where you can also grow your own healthful food, that's important, as well as the perishables or the non-perishables so, to be able to have a, a stock and supply of that. So coming from you, this rings differently. I mean, I'm a prepper and been prepared for a while, but you don't strike me as a a prepper in the classic sense of, you know, 2008, you were saying this. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, w- I always call myself like a, like a mini prepper. So I, I, I'm always suspicious that there's something that's going on, but I don't have an underground bunker. So I'm sort of somewhere right. in between the two. But I do follow trends and I do follow the money. And, um, you know, it's unfortunately, it's, it's a moral issue, right? Things that um, you know, are used to sustain us, water and food, that these shouldn't be treated, you know, like investment commodities. But, you know, that's sort of the outgrowth of what's happened from all of the terrible policy that we've seen from the government and the Fed. The guy who services my car said, hey, I, I bought some extra air filters for your car. And I was like, thanks. And he said, no, 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 there's a shortage coming of air filters. He said, you want this. And I'm like, "Okay, well, thank you. Um, But that not only is for air filters for your car. um, If you have a problem with uh, HVAC uh, or any of this stuff, you are going to have a hard time. You should get it checked now, shouldn't you? Yeah, I actually spoke to the head of maintenance of a huge food service operation as well as some other experts, and they're saying to have your HVAC system and 
expected now for any impending failures because one of the things that's happening in terms of the supply chain, we all know the supply chain is a mess, but any parts that are coming out, the priority is being given to new products instead of to repair shops. So repairs are you know, kind of down on the, the food chain, down on the totem pole, so to speak, in terms of getting things. So have that uh, looked at, have them look at coils that might be leaking refrigerants, um, things that are easy to spot, and you know, get get yourself in the queue now and a patch until you know those needed parts arrive. And if you have um, an old refrigerator or if you have a refrigeration system that's necessary to store something like life-saving medicine, it probably makes sense to also invest in one of those mini fridges, you know, the kind that you can get for a dorm or that you see in a hotel. Yeah. You know, anything that if you've got a, a life-saving issue um, or you've got a, an appliance that's old, like you want to get in that queue now because, you know, think about it, we're headed for most of the, the country into really cold weather. Um, you you want to get out a, ahead of the curve for sure. So medicine is one of those things that I don't think we've learned our lesson on. Correct. You know, COVID came and, you know, we all realized, oh, crap, we don't make our medicine here and I don't think anything's being done, but how do you store up on medicine? So that's a really good question because it depends on, you know, if you have medicine that you can only get via prescription mm. um, and that, you know, you're requiring to go through your insurance. I would say the number one thing that you can do is not wait until you're at the end of your refill cycle. So if you, you are know, kind of in that cycle where every month you buy something and they open it up for insurance on, on week three, always week three go in for sure. But to the extent that you can ask for a, you know, a, a larger um, supply from your doctor, go to your doctor, say you're concerned, can you write me a prescription for a three-month supply or a four-month supply? Um, you know, and if you have the financial wherewithal, even if you have to pay for it out of pocket, it's obviously worth that extra expense to not be in a scenario where you go to your pharmacy and they say, we're sorry, but like, you know, the, the, it's not just the medicine itself, it's the compounds. We couldn't get those compounds because they were coming from China or, you know, whatever the reason is. So anything that's important to your life um, that will, you know, especially if it, it, it's, it's life critical, but anything that, you know, you may um, have an issue with if you don't have access to, again, you don't need to hoard it, but slowly start building a backup. Um, first aid kits, batteries, toothpaste, whatever it is, you want to make sure that you have something because that supply chain is so disrupted, not just for that end product, but for all the components that are going into is it. Is this going to affect turkeys and i mean i know we're going to have problems with the supply chain for christmas or i hope we don't but likely we will um how about the food for thanksgiving get your turkey now i just uh, heard uh, i was on a program right after the ceo of butterball and especially if you want a smaller turkey um, and we know the prices of everything have gone through the roof for inflation so that big turkey may be you know outside of the budget Jeez. you know g g go get it now um, put your name on a list if you have to or put it in your freezer or whatnot but get that and then the other thing i will say and i know that you've been very focused on this glenn is anything that comes in an aluminum can 
can. Oh. Um, that has been a huge shortage. So if you want your beer or if you want your you know canned cranberry sauce that you just love that comes in an aluminum can, go get that now because that's another so, area that okay. we have a shortage. So I heard that from a couple of sources and I couldn't verify and I was trying to look online uh, I heard, you know, go buy anything that you you like that are in cans. Correct. Because there's going to be a can shortage. You you verified that that is coming. It, it's it, it's or it's already been happening, and and there's no um, sort of sense it's going to get better. And the reason is kind of funny. There are all these additional beverages that have come on the market, like mm-hmm. sparkling hard seltzer that are using up, they become very popular out of nowhere, and they are using up part of that aluminum can supply, and with all the other issues that are going on in the world, there's just a huge supply and demand imbalance. So all of the people who are using aluminum for various products, including can manufacturers, are having a hard time getting those aluminum cans. I mean, it is, I, I, I giggle because it's just so silly, but this is what happens when you're a central planner and you think you can turn on and off the yep. economy, like you're power cycling a modem. The rest of us have figured out you can't do this, um, and, and now we're paying the price for all of this, uh, literally. So, Carol, I don't have time this time, but could I ask you um, to do some research for me? I am concerned about energy and yeah. generators. In California, they've already said no gasoline generators, no nothing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, your power goes out. How do you generate power? And I'm looking not just for today, but what is going to be taxed out of or, you know, regulated out of existence in the next three years um, for power generation. Can you look into that and then we'll have you back? I absolutely would be happy. Lo- love the homework. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I love it. Listen, Better you than me, listen, Carol. You're, you're providing real value to your listeners. These are actionable. This isn't just theory. These are actionable things that people can do to make sure that they're surviving, to make sure that their lives aren't disrupted. So I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of it. Uh, she is the author of The War on Small Business. It is a must-read. You want to understand what's happening. A former investment banker, carolroth.com, carolroth.com. We'll talk again, Carol. Carol, thank you so much. All right, let me tell you. Let me tell you a little bit about AMAC, which I think I just did. So I, I mean, I'm not. I'm the old one here, Sarah, and I have the good memory, right? Yeah. Let me tell you about Goldline instead. The American <laughs> co- economy is very complex. It's an amazing machine, incredibly durable. Uh, I mean, you know, we were in the process of bouncing back from a pandemic in a matter of a couple of months. And that that is remarkable. This economy has taken a beating. However, the dollar is going out of style, literally going out of style. If you read anything about what the Fed is planning, they are going to be going to a digital currency. Uh, when that happens, uh, your our dollars are going to be worthless, really worthless. Other countries are already starting to try to box us out so far. They haven't, but it is coming with this inflation and and out-of-control money printing. It's going to happen. Goldline is right now offering 6% free metals included with any qualifying self-directed IRA acquisition. 
This is something that you can take in your IRA or your 401k or any other retirement vehicle and acquire physical precious metals with that. Please spread the risk out and have something in the end that has real value. Call 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Our border patrol agents continue to be overwhelmed trying to stem the flow of illegal immigrants while having their hands tied by the Biden administration. Uh, the the border patrol chief, Rodney Scott, has recently been outed. I'm uh, sorry, ousted um, as the border patrol chief. Um, he's 29 year veteran. He's worked for five different presidents. He's sitting down with me tonight to tell the story. Uh, 1.7 million arrests on our southern borders. Higher number, highest number ever recorded. Twice the population of Washington D.C. And there's an additional thousand people per day that we know of that are gotaways. Tonight, don't miss it, 9 o'clock, Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck Program.